Welcome to the Her Inspired Journey podcast, a show all for women about living your best life and fulfilling your passions from the backcountry to the table. No matter where you are, what hurdles you faced, or where you want to go next, we're right here on this journey with you. It's time to take charge, pave your way, and create success. All right, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of the Her Inspired Journey podcast. This is take two because I was previously not recording, so we're trying this again. Today we are talking about some nasty little creatures that are going to be pretty much anywhere you're going out to adventure, hunt, hike, whatever the case may be. We're talking about ticks. And the reason I want to talk and continue this conversation about ticks is because it's honestly been something that I've had a ton of interaction with this year going out for shed hunting, hiking trips, camping trips, going to spend time by the river. There have been so many ticks out this year. I don't know if it's just specifically because in this area we had a really mild winter or if they are just out in full force these days, but the ticks have been everywhere and they have been pretty nasty. So, you know, ticks are something that we're not going to get away from, but there are certainly ways that you can prevent, watch out. And if you do get a tick bite, either on yourself or maybe on your pet, there are certainly best practices and standard procedure for that. So, you know, ticks are going to be found in grassy, brushy, wooded areas. Um, They're really not too picky about where they're at. They're also going to be a lot of times on the game that you're harvesting. So maybe during the skinning or gutting process, or maybe in a pack out from your pack, there's going to be a ton of opportunity for those ticks to come into contact with you, get in your clothes, your hair, your hat, your gear, whatever the case may be. So We just really need to be mindful about them being present where we are or us being present where they are and do what we can do. There's preventative maintenance, of course, and there's lots of products, which we are going to talk about. But I want you to also know that it's not just about checking yourself, but also your animals, especially if you have critters with long fur, long hair. It's going to be really, really important that you spend the time to check them because they are also prone to these tick-borne illnesses. And there are many different ways and transmissions for bacterial and viral um, illness from these. So Lyme disease is obviously a really big one. Also Rocky Mountain spotted fever. Um, there's just a there's just a ton of ways that these nasty critters can really interfere with your life, make you sick. And there are even some uh, fatal uh, transmissions from ticks too. So it's a really important thing to not just think, well, they're kind of a nuisance. Like they really are dangerous to us and we need to just do our best to make sure that we kind of nip that in the bud per se. So um, always check your clothing for ticks. You know, they can be carried into the house after a camping trip um, and anything that you find needs to be removed. So you can try things like tumble drying your clothes in, you know, if you're not going to wash your gear, uh, which if you live in this area or around poison ivy or poison oak, you're probably going to do that. But if you're not going to wash a gear item, you can at least do it on high heat if the gear item allows for that for like 10 minutes. That'll kill um, anything on dry clothing after you come inside. Um, if the clothes are damp or if you've been rained on, you're probably going to need a little bit extra drying time. So just be really cautious of that. Um, hot water is always recommended. Um, cold to medium temperatures will not kill ticks. If you're going to wash your clothes, 
make sure that it's done on hot. So um, ticks can ride in on your pets. They really can. They can just, uh, you know, it could be a pack. It could be your pet. Um, they're going to get into the house. So it's not just while you're out on your adventure or on your hunt. It's kind of you have to do this routine maintenance after you get home as well. And really all the time because these nasty critters can be in your backyard as well. So you can be out gardening. This is not just a, a high time adventure. You know, you're out in the mountains kind of thing. This can be down at the park, fishing at the river, gardening in your backyard. So there's always opportunities. So make sure that you do a full body check I know sometimes like if you're out on a hunt, especially if the temperatures are maybe on the cold side or if you're lazy and you're staying in most of your gear most of the time, getting down and dirty and really checking for these ticks can be kind of a nuisance, but it is really important because not all the time you will actually feel the tick bite. So do your best, use a mirror, get a phone, do a selfie, whatever you have to do to check those hard to reach or hard to see places under the arms, around the ears, your belly button, behind your knees, uh, in your hair. That's an area for me I always think about because my hair is so thick, ladies. I know that you can relate to that. Around your belt line, um, between your legs, all those things. So really, really just be diligent about making sure. And if you find one that's attached, don't freak out. I know that you want to because they're so gross and there's so much hype about them, but the key is just to get them out of your skin as soon as safely as possible. So um, there's several different ways. Uh, we use a tick key. It's just a little, it almost looks like a, a teaspoon scooper with a little uh, slit cut out of it and you kind of just slide it in there and pop it out. Um, but there's a bunch of different ways. I typically will carry tweezers with me. The fine tipped tweezers work the best. And ticks don't really, they have one body and they have mouth parts. So you're not going to really worry about pulling the head off. But what you want to do if you're using uh, like fine tip tweezers is grab it down around the base as close to your skin as you can with just steady pressure. Try not to pinch it in half, obviously. And then you're just going to pull straight up. So there's some ideas around about pulling counterclockwise and all the stuff. If you're using the tweezers and you're going with this method, just grab it right next to the skin around the base and pull it straight back with steady pressure. So, you know, once you get it out, try to just make sure that the mouth parts are out, that there's nothing left in. If there isn't, if you can't get them out with clean tweezers, it's okay. Just wash the area. Do... Um, you know, just as thoroughly as you can clean the bite area. I don't know if you're going to be out and about backcountry or whatever, just do your best to get it clean. Hopefully you have something like, you know, alcohol wipes or a little bit of soap and you can keep that clean. And then you want to wash your hands or whatever device you use to get it out. So they can also have um, nasty germs and bacteria on them. So make sure that you just really wash thoroughly after that. I know that might just sound really trivial, but it's also important. I think sometimes you can kind of get into your head, making sure that they're not still in your skin and then kind of forget about your hands. So make sure that you do that. And then you want to dispose of it. Don't don't just toss it obviously it can you know come back and bite you again can get on your animal get in your gear whatever so in fact one of the things that I just have recently heard and it's not necessarily a recommendation uh, a highly recommended thing by CDC but you can if you have some clear tape you can put the tick in between a little piece of clear tape and save it 
That way, if something happens down the road and you do get sick, they can test the tick. But make sure that you just put it into something that's sealed that they can't get out of. Flush it down the toilet if you're around one. Um, you know, kill it with alcohol or whatever you want to do. So you don't want to, if they are biting you, use heat um, or any of squish it or any of those things while they're biting you. So first you want to remove it and then figure out what to do with it from there. So there's some very common or the most common tick-related illnesses um, and symptoms. So we're talking about uh, fever and chills. So that's one of the first things that's typically reported. And not all the time these symptoms will happen if you do get a tick-borne illness. These are just some of the things that may happen and some of the most common. So um, a fever, it could be varying degrees from you know, a low grade to a high grade fever. And also the time, the onset of that fever can vary too. So I've heard things from, you know, almost nearly immediately to, you know, 32 days afterwards, or sometimes even more. So it's not something where you're going to necessarily know right away. You can also experience things like aches and pains, uh, headache, uh, fatigue, muscle aches, uh, with Lyme disease, you also may experience joint pain. So, and again, the severity and the time of the onset of these symptoms can really depend on the disease and your specific tolerance. So, you know, if you end up noticing that you have a tick bite or if you've removed a tick from yourself, really just pay attention. Uh, recently, I heard a recommendation to really like just set your calendar, make note of when that was so you're not just trying to recall this offhand. Um, and then there's other things like rashes can occur. There's what they call the... Um, the bullseye rash, where it's actually going to look like a bullseye on your skin, the size of that can vary, um, could be three, you know, between three and 30 days. Typically, that happens before the onset of a fever per what the CDC has recommended or suggested. So just really be, you know, uh, paying attention to all of those different things. And if that does happen, or maybe even not, if you notice that you've got a tick bite, you might want to check in with your doctor or just give them a call once you get back into service. Um, certainly, if you start feeling any of those things, headache, fever, joint pain, rash, nausea, any of that, you'll want to contact somebody right away so they can get you taken care of. So, And actually, a couple of years ago, I talked to a doctor, actually my doctor here in Oregon, and I was just having some crazy symptoms, couldn't quite figure out what was going on or correlate it to anything, and I brought up Lyme disease to her. And she said that she wasn't concerned about it because of where we live in Oregon. But the truth is Lyme disease in humans has been reported in all 50 states. Um, so that is really, you're not, you're not safe, so to speak, if you're in one particular part of the region or the other. The CDC on their website does have a regional map per species of ticks. So you can kind of figure out what you're up against or what may be in your area or also learn to identify, not that that's necessarily important, uh, if you see a tick to be able to identify the species, but if you're kind of nerdy, that might be fun. So um, just again, it's really important just to be cognizant of where you are, where they are, and if you have interaction with them. So let's move back a little bit now and talk about preventative maintenance instead of just reacting to what happens if and when. So the if and when can always happen, even if you're doing things to prevent, but it definitely reduces the likelihood that you'll have these interactions or have a bite actually connect with you. So there is, uh, I've been using Sawyer products for since 2016 or maybe just slightly before that. 
And it's something that I've always done. I've used the permethrin, just sprayed it down on my gear. Well, this last weekend, I decided to take a Memorial Day camping trip. And last minute, I thought, hey, man, I feel like my tent's broken. I better just double check, make sure the tent's okay. And so I got it out. And sure enough, I'm looking at it. And it was as broke, if not more, than what I had anticipated. So I ended up on my way out of town, uh, running down to Target, and I grabbed a new tent, threw it in the car, get down there, set it up, and just go into, you know, camp mode, you know, cracked open a beer and started a fire and sat down and didn't think too much about it, wake up the next day, and my friend had a tick lodged in his leg. So... First and foremost, it was really dumb of me because I already had all my gear spray. I had the permethrin there with me and I just didn't take the time to do it. I thought, okay, well, I'll, you know, can do it tomorrow or, or, hey, I'll do it if I see a tick, whatever, which was so dumb on my part because I know better. I've been in ticks all year long. So because that tent had not yet been sprayed, I wasn't preventing the interaction. So the permethrin spray will last. You can spray it right on fabric. That's where it's intended to go. It will not interfere with any synthetic material. Um, it'll last for six weeks or six washes. And if you've listened to some of my other podcast episodes, you know this. I've been talking about it. This is not new business. But just to uh, really put a highlighter on top of the importance that that gear needs to be sprayed down. Your boots and socks, if you spray simply those two things alone, you're going to reduce the chances of getting a tick bite by 70%, you guys. So this is really important stuff. So permethrin is just a synthetic version of the chrysanthemum flower material. So this is a, a, a basically a natural product. It's not going to break down in sunlight. Um, it is a pharmaceutical grade, so it's going to last you. So it's not going to be um, the efficacy of it. It's not going to be reduced with water or rain or if you're walking through dew-filled areas, it's mostly going to be broke down with the agitation of a washer. So six washes or six weeks and you can certainly respray your stuff uh, midway through or if you're using it a lot, it's not going to hurt you to put an extra few sprays on things. In fact, uh, we sprayed down our sleeping bags uh, we just took them out inside and out, just gave them a light spray, let them dry out before you use them, which is perfect. The nice thing about this too is it's also going to help protect from mosquitoes. So this is another really nasty thing. And especially if you're somebody who's more prone to being allergic to the bite or if you have reaction, um, it's going to, you know, just give you an extra layer of protection against mosquitoes as well. So don't be afraid to use this stuff. You can spray it down, spray it on all your gear. I spray it on my packs too, especially if you're packing a critter out. It's nice because if you're packing out the hide, even if you're not, sometimes there's the transmission, you know, you're getting that Passover from um, the, the animal itself onto your gear, which then gets onto you. Actually, this year I saw, um, we were skinning out a buck and I kid you not, I've never seen, I've never seen so many ticks in my entire life. There had to have been hundreds. It was honestly something nightmares are made of. Hundreds of ticks crawling off this buck and um, it just really drove home the fact that you know, whether you're not seeing them and they're there, there's one of them or there's hundreds of them crawling around, they're really going to be um, a huge nuisance to you. 
If you are not spraying down your gear or in addition to spraying down your gear, I highly suggest using the picaridin, uh, which I pronounced wrong in other uh, podcasts. So you'll just have to excuse my ignorance on that. But the picaridin is a really good direct contact on the skin. They've got it in a lotion and also a misting spray. So Uh, Once your gear is sprayed down, your boots and your socks are treated, you can just use this every eight hours or so as that extra layer. And you can use it on your pets, which is great. I use it on Remy all the time. And it's nice because I just feel like I'm able to, with as much as this girl is in the brush, she is running around like crazy. Unfortunately, it doesn't work on poison oak, but I'm able to spray her down. Sometimes I'll even take the lotion in my hand. I'll rub it on myself rub it on my pants if I don't have the spray handy, and then I'll rub her down with it as well. Not worried about any uh, interaction with her or her health. I'm not worried about any of those repercussions because it's completely safe. You can use it on kids from six months of age. You can also use it if you're pregnant. So the picaridin is really important for also giving you that extra layer. And these things, like I said, are just picks that I've been using for uh, since 2016, there's tons of people that use them. In fact, the couple that met us down there to camp with, they were all about it. They had everything sprayed down and they were using it as well. They never had any issues with ticks. So the problem for us was that we didn't spray down the new gear. I was a lazy girl and I didn't think about it. Then we had the bite incident and then we really started thinking about it again. So we used it. We did all of these practices post bite and never saw one more tick on us or the pets the entire weekend. So I cannot drive home enough. I know this sounds like an ad, but it's not. This is about preventing potentially fatal uh, diseases. It's about protecting yourself and your animals from, you know, joint pain and all the different symptoms that can come with that. Some of these things, yes, if you do get Lyme disease, or yes, if you do get some of these other diseases passed down by ticks, you can overcome them. However, the process can be really hard to diagnose. There can be um, occurrences with, again, like I said, becoming, imagine becoming uh, allergic to eating red meat right? Especially if you're a hunter, like this is not good stuff. So there's simple ways, very effective ways that we can prevent it. While we're here, I also want to say that Remy Warren on the podcast, Cutting the Distance, it's episode 38. It's called, and it's it's a good episode. It's called Shooting Giraffes with Paintballs and How to Avoid Ticks and the Diseases They Carry. He talks a lot more in depth about some of these specific diseases and then also talks to about his recommendation and practices. So be sure to check out that podcast. It's good for many things. Um, he's got a lot of tips and tactics, stories, um, elk hunting, whitetail, you know, all this, all the things. So be sure to check that out. It's a good one that you don't want to miss as well. You know, and also just keep in mind that not all of these will present symptoms right away. Even things like the Rocky Mountain spotted fever, the rash that occurs or the symptoms that occur. Rocky Mountain spotted fever can be deadly. But if it's not treated right away or if you're not necessarily understanding the symptoms, like don't be a hero here. Go in, talk to your doctor, let them know that you've been in tick areas or that you have pulled a tick out and they can get you taken care of. So you can find all the Sawyer products. Uh, They've got them on Amazon, Bass Pro Shops, Cabela's, REI, Walmart. Uh, You can also find them online at Sawyer.com. They've got a variety of other products as well. Uh, They've got other 
controlled release insect repellents. They've got non-greasy sunblock for me. This is another area that's super huge. I never grew up being into the prevention of sunburns. I just would limit my exposure as much as I could to getting sunburned, which didn't always work. And um, just didn't think about using a safe product or a safe sunscreen. But um, the excuse for me was that I had sensitive skin. The Sawyer products are non-greasy. You can wash them off easily, but they'll also last through perspiration or through water. Um, they've got a 10-year shelf life, a lot of these insect repellents. Uh, so you're not going to be worried about, you know, if I bought it last year, if it sits here for two years, or if I pick it up five years later, how is, you know, is it going to be effective still if it's stored properly, if it's not getting hot or too cold stored inside, um, you're going to have a 10 year shelf life on a lot of those products. So they also have water filtration systems, which I use anything from the straws, to the bags, gravity bags, all that kind of stuff. So be sure to head over to Sawyer.com and see what they have or also check them out if you find them in REI or Cabela's or wherever you might be shopping. Be sure to pick those up. I cannot impress upon you enough. I know this all sounds like I'm selling you something, but I'm not trying to. I'm just trying to keep you safe so that you can continue to adventure, have those juicy old steaks and have fun while you're out and about. I will hit you back next week with another episode of the Her Inspired Journey podcast. What I want you to do right now, I'm going to ask you to leave a review on the show. Let me know what you think of the Her Inspired Journey podcast, maybe what topics you'd like to see covered in the next few weeks, or even if you want to suggest a guest to have on the show. If there's somebody you've been seeing maybe on social media or is in your friend circle that you're like, man, this person would be fantastic on the show. We would love to hear from them and have you interview them. Please send those recommendations my way. I love to hear those as well. So thank you so much for being a part of this. Please share this on social media if you feel so inclined. I can't do this without y'all.